the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing more. Howdy, hi. Oh, I kind of want to start with one quick thought. Tell me if this is good enough. The quick thought is, 10 years ago, the market had a stock market bottom and a correction. It was painful. It was horrible. It felt miserable. Then it went up 400%. That going up 400%. Is why you want to invest in a down market. It's that kind of simple. Now we have a a mini down market here. I'm not saying it's the same thing. The European Central Bank has gotten a little bit more dovish in a good news, bad news kind of way. Clearest proof of the ECB at this point in time, what they're going to do is nothing. They left key interest rates unchanged at basically zero to one quarter of a percent. They pushed out its expectation for those rates to remain at their present level at least through the end of 2019 versus prior guidance where it said, you know, we'll leave rates around there until summer of 2019. So they're seeing a slippage in their in world consumption. They're seeing a slippage in European consumption. The European Central Bank is who I'm talking about. Um, Stock market overall should be pleased at how bad things are. Economically speaking, it's an odd thing to say. Pleased by how bad things are in Europe. They're keeping rates low. It's a very, very well-known environment. So low rates and even negative rates are, you know, uh, a salve. I hate the word salve. Uh, low rates and, and no interest rates are kind of greases the skids for the U.S. economy and stocks in particular. It's a demon known versus a demon unknown. How far can equity markets run on a rehash of monetary policy that's already been carried a long, 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 long way? 
since 2009. Keep in mind, when the U.S. economy went into a recession and the European economy went into a recession, it caused what was called the Great Recession, and unemployment went to over 10% in the U.S. We're a long way from that. And one of the reasons that is is because the Federal Reserve stepped in and said, you know what, we're going to lower interest rates. We're going to make things really cheap. As cheap as we can make it on people who have to pay monthly mortgages. As cheap as we can make it on people who have to pay credit card payments. Corporate bonds. Because that low cost of money was a good thing. Well, I'm not, I hate using terms of good. That low cost of money helped the stock market recover. U.S.-China trade negotiations. It's still not done. We started the week where it looks like it was going to get done end of March. I don't know. I still got to think we're going that direction. Trump has to start having some of his uh, policies fall into place, so to speak. Or some of his uh, initiatives at least threaten to be carried out. It would help with the re-election campaign to say we got this done and we got that done. So the downside is a lot of things that he ran for, like reducing the trade deficit and cutting our government spending is far from what he actually did. But I think that's common. I think that's pretty common. Initial jobless claims for the week ending March 2nd were 223,000. It's first time unemployment claims. Um, So that's out there. A good number. Unit labor costs rose 2%. That's a little bit of inflationary. But productivity increased 1.9%, which was a little bit better than expected. So we're getting more from our current workers. So that's what we got. We have uh, three or four bad days now on the market. And it's okay. You know, we're not going to get a, we're not going to like have a, a stock, back, stock market crash where we go, and all I got was this stupid shirt. <laughs> Maybe we will. Maybe we will. We'll see where it goes. So let's sum up the markets today. Keying in on interest rates and Europe- European central banking issues. It's kind of odd, right? At right? Kind of a... I know. Jerry, Louis, Jerry Lee Lewis said, England could kiss my butt. And uh, he actually said a different word. And uh, he's the guy with great balls of fire, right? I think he married a 14-year-old girl or something like that. And England didn't much care for that. They thought that was beneath the English. So they kind of turned their nose up on Jay Lee and made it difficult for him. Anyway, utilities are doing well and real estate are doing well today with lower interest rates. Um, I think there's an argument you could, that could be made is if the 30-year mortgage is 4.5, 4.75, that the values could be crept up a bit. But when interest rates got up uh, 5% last year, you saw a massive slowdown in real estate transactions and prices. So those are the big stories out there of the day. Disappointing earnings report from Kroger and Burlington stores. Strength in the U.S. dollar. Major averages are pulling back. And it, it really has felt, in my mind, latter parts of February, early parts of March, it really has felt... Um, that the market is searching to break out or break down. And we kind of keep going back that 
100 or 200 day moving average and we can't really get above it can't really get below it so we're kind of going sideways um, as soon as we get a move up we kind of get that move right back down I want to talk about the Samsung foldable phone do you care about a phone that folds yesterday it was reported that after about 10,000 folds and I think this is implying that when you turn it from a phone and you turn it into a tablet a crease can develop. Now I'm going, how many times do you have to open and close this thing for a crease? 10,000? Do I do that in a day? How many times do I open and close my phone? I don't know. But Samsung said, you know, if you get a crease in your phone, we'll replace the screen. Remember a couple of years ago, Samsung had a problem where their phones were actually blowing up. Their batteries were overheating and causing fires and airplanes banned them. That was a PR disaster slash blessing for Apple. Not saying that Samsung's going to have the same exact problem again, but it's interesting that it's a hot new feature. And I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't care. Augmented reality, Apple really tried to pump that one up. Didn't get me through it. Anthropomorphic animations? No, thank you. Do I need to see a panda talking as if it's me on a text message? Not really cool. Facial recognition? I think that's kind of... I was good with the thumbprint. I'm intrigued by the folding screens, but they're outrageously expensive, and I'm like, in the end, it's just a phone. You know, glass screens that bend? Fascinating. How about a battery that lasts for like a year? (laughs) That's not going to happen, I know. But that's what I want, right? How about a, a, a phone that if it drops, you don't freak out? That it's going to shatter. I want a bigger screen that I can watch movies on or TV shows on to pass my time. The question is, have we hit peak smartphone when we're talking about foldable phones? It certainly feels that way to me. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm waiting for 5G. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. You listen, I'll try to do the best I can to provide you some details on how to make things last a little bit longer and make things go a little bit further, so to speak. One of the areas I want to talk about is pet ownership. I have a dog. I had a dog. I once had a cat. Cats were easy. Um, and not as expensive as a dog. I'm not telling you don't buy dogs. I'm saying just be a little cautious. Know that they're they're expensive. So my dog's name zero one 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 zero zero one one. She cries zeros in the middle of the night. Uh, when you try to explain to people why the dog's name zero one 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 zero zero one one, they don't understand. But I can tell you a couple things that 
are worthy of note. Uh, a cat costs about twenty two hundred dollars in the first year. Got to you know spade neuter. Got to get all the shots and all that kind of stuff. And then after that, it costs about eighteen hundred dollars every year after the first. And that's just food, vet visits, vaccinations, maybe toys, a scratching post. Dogs, pretty similar, about twenty four hundred dollars in the first year. And about $1,960 every year after. And again, that covers a lot of the basics. But there's what are called hidden costs. There's the hidden cost of home ownership. There's hidden cost of pet ownership. There's hidden cost, right? A fractured pelvis by being hit by a car, $3,700 for an animal. Chemotherapy for cancer, $5,300. Surgery to remove something that the dog ate, $3,000. And I can tell you one thing, old 011 is going to eat a sock at some point in time, right? right? Surgery and medications for hip dysplasia, $7,800. Medical and blood test for diabetes, $10,400. Oh, no. Going on a trip, dog sitter's going to cost you at least fifteen to forty dollars a day. Uh, Two week trip, that's about five hundred dollars. So it starts to limit your vacations. Grooming, oh puppy, you can go lick yourself. No puppy has to get fluffed up. Has to have a blowy, a blow dry. Um, so puppy, then you know. It gets expensive. It's interesting to note, pet insurance is pretty cheap. 20 to $70 per month for a dog. But that's if you can't trust yourself to save money. Insurance is never what you want it to be. Um, unless you have a heart attack or cancer. It's never what you want it to be. The deductibles just don't feel right. They never execute the way you want them to. But, again, I don't know if I have an answer for you on this one. There's nonprofit clinics. There's payment payment plans with vets. There's credit cards. There's personal loans. Uh, you know, my pup is great. 01110011 is, like, a family member, Right. I know you're saying you shop. You probably should have had kids. I did, but not enough, apparently, because I wanted a female. <laughs> I got a female dog, and she's my girl. I know you're saying you are seriously, you've dropped something. You've dropped a bowling ball on your head as a kid, right? Probably I did. So home buying season is right around the corner. Dogs are expensive. That's what I wanted to throw out there. And again, you only work from age 20 to 60, and if you're spending $5,000 a year on getting your dog chemo, and you're not saving any money, you're going to work till the day you die and your dog will be long dead. But again, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm, I, I have a heart. It's like that movie in... Uh, oh, help me. Uh, vacation. Uh, National Lampoon is what I was trying to f- uh, figure out. And uh, Chevy Chase, you know, put the dog on the back of the bumper while he's getting gas or something. And 
clearly he forgets about it. They actually had an argument in the movie of making the movie of how do you address the dog being gone? Do you do it with a bloody collar because he got dragged behind the car? Or do you do it with an empty collar or or nothing? They they kind of went with nothing. They showed the, the empty collar, but they didn't really address it. America was not ready for a bloody collar. So anyway, we're back in the spring home buying shopping season, right? It feels like the bidding wars are past. Now, again, different markets can have different realities. Real estate brokers aren't declaring a buyer's market just yet. Demand has definitely cooled since last summer. And the upper hand sellers once enjoyed has largely disappeared. You've got escalating prices. You've got trending higher interest rates that last year were, were big push higher in interest rates. And it caused people to step aside. Step aside. Nationwide, 13% of offers had competing proposals in January, down from 53% a year before. Got it? Got it. Good. Some of the steepest drops occurred in markets that were once the hottest in the United States and San Francisco. The share of sales drawn multiple offers fell from 82% to 18%. So in San Francisco, I just gave you the national how much it dropped. From 53% multiple offers last year to 13%. In San Francisco, from 82% last year to 18%. Um, in Seattle, because we know Amazon and Jobs, easiest one to talk about. They've seen their share drop from 69% of multiple offers to 15%. So it's pretty nationwide. Bidding wars have plummeted. Which is good. It's more... I'm not going to say relaxed because that's kind of the wrong way of saying that. But it's a market where it's more of a market where it's a better pricing. It's a pricing is getting more efficient. So I'm all about that. So th- those are the, the big stories of the day. Don't own a dog because they're expensive or own a dog. but know that they're expensive. Don't own a dog if you can't invest in your 401k. I know you're saying you're the meanest person on the planet. I know. And that's all I got for you. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Um, on top of that, the housing market's kind of cooled off a bit, um, which is something I'm positive about. We're seeing the Dow drop. It's a pretty big number. It's a four-day slide, which makes it even bigger number. That's more of the story to me than anything else. Perhaps the funniest quote of the day, uh, one of the Disney heirs, is talking about CEO pay. And she said, quote, Jesus Christ himself isn't worth 500 times as median worker pay in companies. Abigail Disney, what a great last name, right? She basically said, uh, my, you know, the CEOs in the world are paid far too much. Interesting, right? 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 I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Um, I try not to be political. 
I know that it's something that people get really upset about. I saw family members just spit venom at each other about Republicans and Democrats. And it's it's something I don't want to get involved with. It's uh, it's not very becoming of friendships or family, so to speak. It, it's funny that we have a two-party system in most of America is fine saying I'm either I'm one or the other because on so many other levels we are such a diverse world or of people we're such a diverse economy we're such uh, free thinkers I could be making this up but I think Australia's got like 19 political parties now that's obviously tougher to get a coalition and stuff going but I kind of like the idea of maybe you're about education maybe you're about um, gay and lesbian rights. Maybe you're about racial issues. Why not have different political parties reflecting that? I get it. Yeah. So, so every now and then I have to talk about Donald Trump. And yesterday he did something that just kind of made me smile. Uh, he was at the American Workforce Policy Advisory Board in Washington. He mistakenly called Tim Cook, who is the CEO of Apple, Sitting right next to him, he calls him Tim Apple. <laughs> Whoopsie. Cook shouldn't feel too bad. Trump has a long record of botching names. He mispronounced Beyonce. He um, called the town of paradise, which burned down in California, pleasure. <laughs> and it's, uh, he called Lockheed Martin CEO Marilyn Lockheed. It's actually Houston. So maybe he just can't figure out the last name and he just calls them their company name. I can't figure it out. But it made uh, news because, you know, anytime he crossed paths with Apple or, you know, what's Apple going to do? Are they going to build companies in the United States? Are they going to build factories or what are they going to do? President Donald Trump. Also mentioned yesterday, or he didn't mention, but it's, it's reports are starting to come out of the White House that he thinks his case for a second term is going to be the success of the stock market and the economy. So is he going to try to goose the stock market with something? He kind of is on a lot of levels. Rolling back regulations, creating a weaker FCC, a weaker SEC. CNBC citing sources familiar with the thinking of the president, thinks that he has to accelerate the completion of the trade deal with China to try to get some catalyst going with markets. Trump has increasingly been aware of the negotiation progress between Beijing and Washington has helped to extend a bullish stock market. So the Sino-American trade dispute, will he try to goose the markets for his reelection? And it, it appears that he's going to try. As an investor, what what should that make you feel? Excited? Sure. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Trump's attorney is still testifying. And I haven't really gotten... Um, I haven't really gotten a sense on how upset the market's going to be if, you know, the poop hits the fan. I should say if the sock steps on the poop, because when you have a puppy, watch out where you step. Always wear socks. Um, I know. I know. But I don't know how it's going to play out. Michael Cohen, former lawyer for President Donald Trump, directed his attorney last spring to inquire about the possibility of a presidential pardon 
weeks after federal agents raided his properties. So, what are we going to get? A mess. It's a mess. It is a mess. Thank you very much for your color commentary. What did you like, Donald Trump, do a color commentary on, like, the Super Bowl? We're moving things oh. along. We're moving along fast. You get Tony Romo, who's good at what he does, or you get, you get something interesting, to say the least. So, is there anything to take away from um, Luke Perry's fatal stroke? Surprisingly, more Americans under 40 are having strokes. You wouldn't think that. And more Americans under the age of 40 are having heart attacks as well. Um, I don't know. Days after Luke Perry's death at 52 from a stroke, a new study on heart attack rates has another grim reminder that the young are far from invincible. Heart attack rates are rising for adults under 40. The proportion of heart attack patients under 40 has been climbing 2% every year for the last 10 years. And that's moving in the wrong direction. Some of the patients were linked to using marijuana and cocaine. Um, but they tended to drink less alcohol. So it's incredibly rare to see a heart attack patients under 40, but we're seeing a trend build up. Um, is it an investable trend yet? You know, you see things that Apple is trying to do with Apple Watch and trying to figure out if they can predict if you're going to have a heart attack based on monitoring your heart. I don't know. I can tell you a lot of people are looking at Luke Perry and going, um, this is upsetting. He was a good-looking guy. Last year, a 44% increase in young adults hospitalized for stroke that we've seen in the last 10-year trend. So still nothing that we can put our fingers on. Um, there's a myth that it's a man's disease. In fact, 55,000 more women have a stroke compared to men each year. Older women who survive a stroke are often more likely to be living alone or to live in a long-term care facility after a stroke. My mother had a face, um, had a stroke. She had two strokes. And I spent, I'm not going to say years, I probably spent 18 months taking her to physical therapy you know she didn't have the face drooping she had a little bit of arm weakness um does an arm drive downward things like that are things that you need to start looking at um but i'll tell you my mom never really recovered from her stroke um she had to learn how to count money again That just sent the whole show to a grinding halt. How about a stock pick, Rob? Um, I like some companies that are considered slow growers. Um, I like to screen for five-year returns on equity, greater than the S&P 500. I like to screen for a price-to-earnings growth ratio below the market average. I like to screen for profit margins and earnings per share stability that exceed the market average. It's not hard to have a computer spit out three or four screens and start taking a look at a list. When you start screening out or when you start screening in some of the consistencies that you like, you'll see names like Adobe, great name, long-term name, Oracle, great long-term name. Um, now, 
even though you're trying to even though you're trying to screen out potential stocks that have bottoms and weaknesses it doesn't always work but I would own MasterCard or Synchrony Financial or Avvi or Aflac Aflac that reinsurance group that no one really quite knows what they do they sell a lot of additional insurances that your typical insurance doesn't cover so some of the names that I like that have hit my screens of a price to earnings growth ratio below the market average returns on equity ROE greater than the S&P 500 um, and I'm looking for five year basis so that I could say like uh, it's played itself out you're looking for profit margins and earnings per share stability, profit margin stability, earnings per share stability. And again, I, probably one of the most consistent ones is MasterCard. And the only reason MasterCard is better than Visa is because Visa is more loved. I love you, Visa. Will you marry me? Did you just ask? Did he just ask me to marry him? I'll marry you, Visa. Dun, 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 dun. Little baby Visas. Um, so American Express, Aflac, Abvi. MasterCard. Raleigh Automotive is on the list, and I've never been a car parts kind of guy. But there's a world of investments out there, right? And we all, not we all, oh boy, because the car apocalypse is coming. We don't all have cars anymore, but there's still cars on the road, and they still need to be kept up. And as they're becoming more expensive, they're also lasting longer, and as they're lasting longer, people are replacing the lights and uh, some of the, the do-it-yourself stuff that they can on their own. So I just gave you a list of seven or eight stocks that I, I screened and that I feel pretty good about. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks mentioned on the show. Um, know that some of these companies have pretty interesting advantages. Uh, I like Union Pacific, for instance. I can't lie. HBO has finally released the official trailer for the eighth and final season of Game of Thrones. Something that you know came up in conversation yesterday while doing the show is Disney's getting prepped for launching their streaming service, Disney Plus. They've got ESPN Plus. They're going with the Plus angle, right? They're trying not to piss off people who have cable subscription or subscriptions, but they they, they they're kind of moving in the direction of uh, streaming services like Netflix, right? So. The question is, and Disney, it looks like it's going to be a price competitive. It's not going to be crazy. Like, they're not going to try to outdo Netflix. They're going to try to underwhelm Netflix. You've seen Hulu drop their basic prices recently because they're trying to get you to lock in and use it for the next couple of years. How many of these streaming services do we need? I know Sony's got one. Um, YouTube TV, I use that one. We all have different preferences, right? Well, there's going to be a shakeout in 2020, 2021 after Disney launches. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money. On AM 1220, KDOW. 
I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Today is one of those days where bad news is kind of good news in my book. Even as the market pulls back, I'm not stressed. Do I look stressed? I'll let you know when I'm stressed. I'm not stressed. Um, Dow's pulling back for four days. Markets are cooling off. We're seeing some of the price wars of bidding on a home starting to cool down a bit. You're seeing the European Central Bank come out and say, we're cutting our growth forecast. They're starting another round of stimulus to help banks in the region. They warn of the threat of protectionism. Now, you kind of combine all this bad news, and it's good news, because of where I am. Is it good news for a 20-year-old kid coming out of college? No. Because things are weakening out there. Is it good news for a guy who's over 40, heading towards retirement, and the world is concerned about growth, so they're going to put pressure on politicians and bankers to come up with plans. Politicians can come up with, hey, let's go print money and fix all the roads, put people to work, grease the skid of commerce, or the bankers could say, hey, let's lower interest rates. A bank might say that in large part because... Uh, Stimulates taking some risks. Risk drives economies. When banks are like, oh, things are so tough out there, no one gets a loan. There's no money being thrown around. So the bad news is good news. I know you're saying, what you say? Oh, I missed the facts of life. Little Gary Coleman saying, what you talking about, Mr. Willis? What you talking about, Willis? Mr. Drummond. Mr. Drummond Willis and oh the good old days of bad TV, you right? Can't fix stupid. So I still have the question of do we care if a phone can fold? And I, I my answer is at this point in time I'm not optimistic. But where I am optimistic is faster 5G wireless connections. And that should be the next push for cell phones and smartphones from what we see. New device sales have started to decline because fewer people are buying their first smartphone. And on average, existing owners are buying new models less often. Uh, do you remember the day when Apple would release product and they'd say, lines start Sunday night, sales go on Monday morning, and the people would line up for 24 and 48 hours to buy a phone? And Apple had this thing where they'd high-five you, come into the store, and they, they totally played into it. A new phone would come out and you'd be like, oh, no, I didn't get my phone. So now the, the order time on Apple's five weeks or six weeks or those days feel over. It just doesn't feel that sexy anymore. It doesn't feel that much of a demand. There's economic hiccups going on in China. That contributed to a dip in new smartphone shipments. So the question is, do we really want foldable phones? I, a couple years ago, I... I the Apple X, or don't call me the 10, call me the X, or was it don't call me the X, call me 10? I'm not sure which one it is, but they had this big thing like, oh, augmented reality is the next big thing. Watch what we can do. We can put a monster. It'll look like when you're looking at your screen that there's a monster on your desk. 
And then uh, the obvious question, is there a monster I might ask? No, it's augmented reality with all these phones. And now, I've even seen that they're going to try to make a push into 3D pictures. Being phone companies. No, no. I just don't think we need that. Anyway, um, yesterday I did some commentary on marijuana and the marijuana investments that are out there that, you know, there are 30 states approved marijuana for medical, dis- medical issues. And clearly there's going to be a push at some point in time to go Canadian and nationalize marijuana because we could tax it. Um, it it's an, I guess you could say it's an illegal drug right now on the federal level. Um, people still get arrested for it, but it's tax money. So I got an email from someone who's like, um, I know you're not a big fan of multi-level affiliate marketing-based businesses, but with the legalization of THC-based products becoming a trend in an attractive industry, what do you think about this multi-level affiliate marketing company? No. Um, I, I, I... I would be very, very cautious. Anytime you have to refer friends and family, um, it's just not me. And you'll see how people get ripped off in situations where, you know, I, I know people who did the selling makeup, and it's the same premise. You've got female friends. Why not, you know, say, hey, you'd look really good in this red lipstick? Um, I don't know. I don't like the idea of I, my, my friends who did stuff like that. My sister did a little affiliate marking where I think she was doing clothes or something like that. And, you know, I probably helped her out once and was like, oh, sure. I'll buy a T-shirt or something from your landing page. Um, I would be very cautious. Um, depending on what you want to sell, there's going to be like the one that the guy sent me just taking a look at it. Uh, they're going to provide the product that you're going to sell. And I say, just pass. Um, the companies like the MedMen who are doing medical delivery, they're finding it very tough to make money. So be cautious. Um, I've given my opinion on the stocks and I'll, I'll stay there. So I'm not an affiliate, multi-level kind of person in any way, shape, or form, and I'd be very cautious on it. Uh, The fees to get in, and then you have to buy product a lot of time. They win, win. Sometimes you lose, lose. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Sponsored by Lifeline. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.